This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back. The one and only Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, is also back as we count down, Chris, T-minus 13 days to the thing that only Celtics fans seem to care about right now, the trade <laughs> I gonna, deadline. I was going to say, do you, do, you want to, do you think it's T-minus 13 listeners? today because uh because there's there's uh we have seen uh we were just joking before we jumped on uh people seem disengaged from this team but but trade deadline talk is the one thing that will reel them back in bring them in bring them in (laughs) well the winning plays listeners are they're always engaged here yeah that is true that is true we don't have good people um no but uh let's start with i guess the team here second three game losing streak of the season so many moving parts here in and out of the lineups um, over the last week. So it's clearly not fair to read too much into this, um, given that the uh, a couple of these losses were of the uh, very shorthanded variety. But what what's your read, if anything, of the last week? And I guess uh, there is a, a little bit of a trend here of the offense kind of going wayward mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks here. What You make anything of that, given what's going uh... on here? It's it's time to to put some respect on Marcus Smart's name. Mm. That uh, maybe people have taken Marcus for a little bit for granted uh, over the years, and especially this year. Um, you know, and maybe I'm I'm oversimplifying it, but when I think I think their offensive rating in these three games is 104, and with Marcus, it's up at like 118, and so. Uh, I think there's a direct correlation. I think they just look a little bit more collected and you hear Joe Mazzola complaining about spacing and pace and getting into actions quicker. Uh, I think Marcus has a way of uh, drumming that up a little bit. And just the other thing is just like Marcus in, in crunch time, you know, like it's just Mr. Chaos and he just gets to rebounds and he makes something happen. And so two games now where you've really missed that at the finish line. And so I just kind of go back to that. I, I I know we can, we always love to have the conversation about smarts value, but I think it's been accentuated here with, without them. And I know they didn't have a whole bunch of guys for, for that Orlando game. And, uh, but like Miami and, 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 uh, and, and, and against the Knicks, I just felt like his presence was, was sorely missed out there. And, you know, that's, uh, I guess I, I don't, we can talk about, the, the crunch time woes overall and Tatum's had a rough week and Jalen Brown's had a rough week. Uh, but to me, it's like when healthy and full, this team alleviates a lot of those issues and yet they've got to be better because when have they ever been fully healthy uh, through the duration of these, uh, like the last 10 years? Yeah. It's a situation where I agree. Like the first is like, I've been probably one of the tougher people in the market on smart years, but I I'll, like this has easily been his best year offensively by far. And you can, and you can see his ability to, I think, settle things down in those moments kind of coming into play here. And then also like, you know, defense creating offense and creating those opportunities. So it's, it certainly has been a a tough time to lose him, you know, when you're already down a bunch of guys like this. Um, But at the same time, it'll be, you know, if this is a time where he can rest all those other hundred mm-hmm. elements that he has too, this is um, while they have a little bit of extended time off here in the coming weeks with, you know, not a very uh, definitely not a heavy travel schedule and certainly not a heavy game schedule there too. Yep. That, that could bode well, but, but you brought up the crunch. Then what, what, what's got, what's got you most worked up then? Like what's, what are you most angry? I like, mean, the crunch ooh. time stuff is, I still think it's like, 
this is still this team's Achilles heel. Yeah. And the 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 clutch numbers for this year were like good, but I still think that a lot of that was not true crunch time stuff. And we kind of got back to that in the last these yeah. last two losses. And it's still you know, so, so brace me because I know whenever I go on my my programs tonight or or soon, <laughs> it's going to be. Does Jason Tatum have the clutch gene? Are we worried about Tatum in the clutch? No, because mm-hmm. I don't. I think you put him. I think two things there. One, I think Tatum in these games has been run into the ground a bit in these sure. spots, and then you you, I don't. I just don't like him being. Oh, I guess like so. Like last night, the missed shot against the Knicks from the free throw line, pretty much got a wide open look. It's mm-hmm. really hard to find any kind of fault with that. Nope. And then, yeah, the Miami was a disaster for him and the, the entire team in the fourth quarter of that game. But I I kind of put that on, like, second end of a back-to-back, yep. 40 minutes. And and that's, if if anything, the trend as we get into to pivot to trade deadline talk here, it's like, okay, like, when is the rest I, coming for these guys? Exactly. And, and so, I mean, I know you've been beating the same drum as me, but... Isn't it wild that, we're, that there are still people out there that are like, big man is what they need. Big man is what they need. And I watched Tatum and Brown getting run into the ground like, 40 yeah. plus minutes. And I'm thinking, what are we doing here? It's got to be a wing, right? That has to be the first preference. Yeah. The, the problem is it's, it's it's much harder to get a wing. For sure. And you're going to have to play a lot more for a wing. But no, if you, could, if you could pick one or the other, there's no question you want a wing because then you can play smaller a lot easier. And then that's, that's fine if you just want to – you can pick your spots to – rest Rob or rest Al along the way and knowing that any other big you get is probably not going to play in the playoffs regardless mm-hmm. unless one of those guys is hurt so like if you want to have someone who can actually help you in the rotation conceivably um both in the now and maybe in a, in a postseason series and then wing should be top choice I just think the the options there that are actually attainable are probably um you know few and far between yeah, and it's it's certainly not as sexy as the potential big men that are out there. And I'm with you. That's what I kind of come down on it. Like a big man would be a, a nice luxury. I don't know how many back to backs they have left in the year. And but so pacing Rob and 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 Al would be great. But just like you said, when you get to the playoffs, there's going to be zero minutes for like a third backup big. If if those guys are playing anywhere near 35 minutes a night, you know, 30 minutes a night, you're like all of a sudden you're covered at the center spot. And so I've I've long thought even if it's just for pockets of rest and even the wing player might be more regular season than postseason, but like we went through this last year, Jason Tatum had nothing left in the tank and we're trending towards that again, based on his workload this year, it explored every opportunity. And so I know everybody out there is saying like, they want a big, they want a big, I think sometimes it gets a little bit lost in translation too. Like, they definitely want a big player, but like that could be over six seven sure. and someone who can play the wing. And so, um, yeah, give me give me every clip. and uh, Alec Burks. Like, who, who who's your guy? Because like, have have you dug in on someone you really want yet? For, I mean, I think the perfect player for them from like he I don't know if he counts as a wing, but could play the four type role and can shoot. It's like a PJ Washington. And I just don't think that's not going to happen for, I think he's going to be available. I don't think they're going to be willing to pay the price on him because you have to pay but, him. After but didn't we season. just see Rui in an RFA? That's true. Right. Like you how know? much better is he than like Rui, you know, is why I think Washington is better than Rui, but is he like, not one right. It's like, it's not like he's going to fetch more than much more than one 
first round pick. So, think. so let's say they want a first. Couldn't you do top twenty protected? And like you, you're, you're, lottery, you're assuming, lottery protected, like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, even if it's outside the lottery, I don't care. Like I just feel like, what is the better option? Are you better sitting with the 2024 first round pick and waiting for it to be 29th or 30th, or spending that and hoping that the only thing it it, it does is it takes you out of the running in case of like a really big name becomes available, right? Because then you're not trade. You're, I mean, I guess you could trade 26, 28, 30, but like right. it, we're talking about the 2030s now, and that's right. just that that's kind of crazy. And so I I like the idea of of having that ammo available, and yet like it's all about right now. And so Brad Stevens has used first round picks. So what's another one? Um, I think you just, you know, if you, if you can make a move to get a pick and now, Oh, it it wouldn't even be 24, right. It'd be 25, 25, right. Yeah. Yeah, 25, 27, 29. That's your. (sighs) So, you know, and that gets tough because you do start worrying that just like craziness happens. But I mean, if you're trading just one of them, um, I I don't think it, I don't think it's that bad. And and they they have someone, don't they have an early second rounder, like Houston's second rounder? Like I have to go through my notes. Yeah, they have. And that's, it's like, they don't get, if it's 31 or 32, they get a much worse pick in that case. So it's like, if Houston really tanks, they won't get it. But at least you can, you can float that as being like, okay, if you trade that now, maybe you'll get a It's a little bit of a, um, you know, a tease on that front for, I, I wonder it. if that's enough. I mean, or maybe again, you just do that. Maybe just put some protections on a, on a future first pick swap. I don't know. Like there, there's gotta be something that you can get in the market for a, for a PJ or you know, my, my only concern with PJ and he's at the, like near the top of my list. And, um, I remember talking to uh, the guys over at first to the floor. They've been on the PJ uh, bandwagon for a long time. And uh, like the potential to replace Al down the road is yeah. is there. Like if he, like, I think he'd blossom in Boston a little bit more. I do worry about a little bit of like redundancy with Grant undersized kind of big man, three and D like there is some redundancy that, but I think PJ's ceiling is, you know, I don't want to say higher, but maybe just, I just think he fits really well here and could blossom. So I'm all on board. I do like Jalen McDaniels. I don't know why they would trade him, but Charlotte's a hot mess. So, yeah. like, you, you know, just they got to figure some stuff out. Um, it gets harder looking around the league. Like, does Javante Green do anything for you? Yeah, if he wasn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. It's like you're going to give – I mean, you're not going to give up more than a second-round pick for him regardless. But then what does he have after a knee surgery, like right. midseason? That, that's – beyond great vibes for Tatum and the rest of the team and, and great dunks. And, I just wonder, uh, I mean, I think and this is what I got. I didn't, I don't even know what his timeline is. And, but like you'd say knee and it's, it, it gets, it gets worrisome. And then I look around like Alec, Alec Burks. I mean, what are the Pistons doing? Um, right. Probably making too much money. Yeah. You know, some of these wings get, get difficult without, you don't want to have, I, I guess, you know, you're not okay with, you're okay with moving Gallo, but just it adds a layer of complication to this whole thing right you you want to have if you're going to move him you want to move him for something that you know you're getting like not not a sure thing but something that could actually help as opposed to being like oh maybe like it could be a complete dud that then that looks kind of i think pj PJ fits into it into one of the trade exceptions so that would make it a little bit easier to navigate but yeah it's uh i don't know i keep looking around the league looking for for wings that make sense and just like you said it gets a little bit it's it's harder than the necessarily the pure big man spot where you right can, and i i don't know will the buyout market that's the other thing is like what, what will the buyout market produce and and all that so what I did i be... i saw a report the other day what made me laugh 
I forget where it was from, but it was like there maybe it was oh yeah, it was Rashawn Holmes. This isn't a way exactly. I'm just like, I'm like, he has two years left of a player option, and he's not gonna sniff that money again. Like, he should fire his agent immediately if he even considers a buy. So it's like that is, I mean, I mean, it it has happened before where guys just want to play, but I don't think even even if he gets out, like he's not going to play more than 10 minutes anywhere. Even if like some middle of the road team just desperately needs an extra big guy. That's I'm trying to think, could, could they stretch him? And but well, like, why, would they, why would they do that though? No, like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense on the surface. I, I saw the same report and that like blew my mind. <laughs> like, Scal's a big uh, Rashawn Holmes guy. And it was like, wait, Rashawn Holmes going to be available. I'm like, he's got like three years left. Like, I don't know. No, he's not. I, I, I don't understand how this is working. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, floating pipe dreams. The, the the pipe dream I had though is, is still Nas Reed, and I know he's not a wing, and but he sort of fits that four or five mold, and would allow you to rest your bigs, and it, I think it's more because I like the upside long term, yep. um, and sort of like a three headed monster until like Al fades away. Um, someone was telling me like Anthony Edwards loves him, and that they don't think they would move him, but like they're not bringing him back this summer. So right. do you want Peyton Pritchard with another season? and sort of balance your roster a little bit or i don't know because it's again this is i think logically and every other it feels like sometimes the nba teams are just in another world of how they think about stuff and roster management so you just never know what a what a team dreams of yeah reed's definitely someone you'd think like pritchard and something else i'd think how long i heard about that if that was on the table because even though you know he hasn't even I don't know if he's even played a playoff game yet. He's just someone even in the brain. He did play last year a little bit. Um, he has a skill set that will help you win games in the regular season and also take the onus off of Al and Rob and also be a viable replacement alternative, which I don't know, like the the Luke Cornett, I, I like situation right now where Joe Mazzula, I mean, he's had it's been up and down for him more so, yeah. and you know. He's his limitations are becoming more clear, but at the same time, like there's the fact when he gets cut out of these rotations in the second half for a lot of these games entirely. And it's like, okay, if that's the case, then like Brad Stevens, you need to bring someone in here that like will play because this is not, you know, we, the Tatum and Brown situation, like it is what it is. And if you want to be the one seed, like you might not have an alternative for that if the trade market's not there, but you still don't want to be playing. We're still seeing Horford and Rob, like, 30 plus minutes, way too much in these games. I, I think Rob was 36 last night. And look, I oh. want to see as much Rob as possible. And I think what plus 21, like he, he was great minutes, you know, and I don't even think he's been that great the last week because I do think the minutes are starting to pile up for him. I don't think he's been as bouncy. And and I do think like, you just got to tread cautiously here and, and find him nights where you don't play him a ton. And I get it. You're trying to win these games, but you know, I, I worry sometimes that the Joe's undying thirst to win games is uh, is is conspiring against it. And now on the other side, like Tatum and Brown want to play. And uh, Jason Tatum had a very snazzy suit on last night because he knew he'd be going to the podium to talk about being an all-star starter. And so, uh, you know, that matters to these guys. And yet, all right, well, then take care of business. I just keep going saying, you know, on their part, take care of business earlier, be better earlier, and then, you know, maybe get some rest. And uh, if, if if the finals are your your big prize, then uh, play like it sometimes and don't have the <laughs> – and I, I don't I don't mean to take it out on Tatum because he's yeah. been awesome. The problem is, yeah. like, they suck when he's off the floor. Right. Like, they, they, they just – they don't have any answers right now. And, uh, yeah, they got to they gotta kind of figure that out. And that it's so funny. Like, 
someone said the other day, the, I think I was doing early this year, and Trenny said something like, I think they need Ben scoring. I'm like, no, like they got Malcolm Brogdon now and Grant. And then you look at it and it's just like, not necessarily a bench score, but it's just, they need someone who can consistently knock down threes with bench units or, you know, Tatum in the bench lineups. And, you know, unfortunately for Hauser, it's just, he's, he's going through it. And I'm, I, I keep saying, it cause I, like, I don't want to see, seem like I'm coming down hard on him. I think he's got a bright future. I think he's going to be fine. But this year, if Joe doesn't trust him, you just need somebody else that, that he does. And so that, again, that falls back on Brad. Brad needs to find people that Missoula will trust. Yeah, and that is, I think, the name of the game here in the next two weeks as we get closer. Um, all right, let's take a quick break here. Talk about our sponsor, Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs, pro college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You can always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trades at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for any game out there. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use that promo code CONS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. What's your take on how Joe Mazzulla has fit into the last week here? Hmm. If anything, do you have any? And uh, I understand his mentality, his whole explanation about not wanting them to get into their, to, to change their personnel made complete sense. But as soon as Tatum doesn't, get moving when Sam Hauser is on the sideline saying go 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 and no one's moving that's when a coach needs to step in and be like time out let's draw something up let's you know let's get going here it's not we're not tied this isn't Friday uh, Thursday night against the Knicks this was down to we got to be moving um and to be to and- the credit they did do that against the Knicks like they oh like oh you're down by one in a close game late like yeah let's get Let's get a possession going here so we're not yes. taking a shot with or we're not running down the clock. So, so so learning, you know, hopefully, like that like like what that was. But yeah, there's just I mean, there's just little things. And I, I don't know how much falls back on coaching, but you know, Jalen wasn't involved at all in that fourth quarter last night. And it wasn't until that play that they drew up that you you're like, oh, oh yeah, Jalen's out there. You can you can run a little action with Jason Tatum 40 feet from the basket and get an easy uh get an easy hoop. Um, but yeah, you, you were talking about the rotation and, you know, I wish he, I, I don't know what the right answer is there. Trusting Luke a little bit more or, or, you know, it might, it might, it sometimes we've, and we used to say this with, with Danny and Brad, right? Like Brad had too many guys he wanted to play and it was on Danny to clear that thing out. I think the opposite is true right now. And just like, they need to find guys that, 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 that they, they, they that will slot. Um, I did like the whole somersault in the locker room thing. Uh, he is a quirky dude. Um, I kind of like that about him because I think you have to be true. Like his press conferences are electric. Now he might give you a one word answer and then stare at you for eight seconds. Um, and you know, it's just who he is and that's just how he operates. I think everyone's got their quirks. Um, the one thing I keep going back to is like, how do you think he's going to be in the playoffs? It's such an unknown boundary right now. It is. And that's, and that's where those like games, like the Miami situation makes not to make you worry, but like you hope again that stuff like that is a learning experience where it's like that stuff you can't like there's certain stuff where yeah, like playing through it or you know, catching a team with the right person on the floor, that's great. Like, but just be ready to attack it if that's what your plan is. And if and if you're not ready to attack it, then you gotta then that's your job as coach. Like you have to call that time out there. I I do have one one gripe. Uh and you you know this because I text you it every time. Um 
Derek White starts overtime last night, hits a three on like the first possession, and then he pulled them. Get him out of there. Like, he and now I get it. He, I I think he was sort of setting it up to go offense defense, and Brogdon started like bringing some good hustle and was fine, perfectly fine. But every time Derek White is on the court, it's usually a positive, and I do not understand the the aversion to Derek White in crunch time right now. And I don't know if it's just like he wants to reward Brogdon, who is who's been again, it's not like Brogdon is the issue. And Brogdon might not even be out there if it was smart. It might be the starters or whatever. But I just yearn for a little bit more Derek White in those situations because he's got that smart mentality where it's like good things happen. And not always gonna knock down threes, not always gonna be perfect defender because of his size and yet i was a little baffled when when they made the switch last night i didn't think about it too much in the moment but i'm 100 with you now in hindsight of like there's guys where you know white is not one of the guys where you feel like joe ever rides him too much if anything mm-hmm. it's like someone where you, you pull the trigger off a tumor and in a situation you're like he had a shot like do you need to get al horford back into that game like not necessarily like save his minutes or have him come in sub for Rob. So you save both yeah. of their minutes. Like that worked a couple times in crunch times. I think it was OKC or something like that. Like someone early in the season where they just like those guys split the minutes, the center minutes down the stretch. And when you're, when they're both going over or getting close to your limits, like just do that. Yeah. If you have white where he's having a good game. So I'm with you. I think that's a really good point. And I think that's a way if they don't get the wing, situation that they want on the the buyout market or the trade market and like hey yeah white's playing 26 minutes a game how about you move that to 30 and bring the other guys bring tatum down to like 34 35 and there was, it, it made me laugh because then white was the guy who spoke in the locker room it was like wait <laughs> yeah. he, he had a perfectly fine game and, and probably and, but he, they also know that he's going to go up there and say all the right things i'm like we just need more Derek white in our life just reliable like just really reliable <laughs> I just, he's just, he's just a good dude. He's just happy. Like never takes losses too hard and uh, doesn't mean it doesn't bother him. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, any other player who was that good would probably be like, you know, I should be out there in, in crunch time. And Derek just understands like the, the, the roster's uh, a little bit loaded with guards and uh, even without Marcus Smart. So yeah, um, I don't know. It's it, 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 Ultimately I do. It, it's very easy to, to nitpick when they're losing things that bother us that the coach does. And then when they're winning, we like blissfully on. I mean, he's had a great year. Like, it's like, there's no, this yeah. is, this is, this is clear nitpicking. And, it, but, but I do think some of these things matter. And I guess that's yeah. just, that's the bigger point here is that in crunch, in playoff games that are almost invariably crunch time games, you need to be able to push the right buttons. You need to be able to, to know what you're doing. You need to be just a little bit more crisp in situations and sometimes you got to save your players from themselves in, in the instance of Miami. And so I do hope this is a learning experience. Just like you said, I don't want people to come. I I, I always, cause like, look, this time last year, we had no idea if he was a good coach and yeah. we were wondering if he was going to get to the playoffs and, and, and know how to outcoach a Spolstra and a Budenholzer. And well, we knew we could outcoach coach Steve Nash, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I you, it's fair to wonder like, you know, does Joe need to, as much as anybody, endure the bumps in the road to to just kind of, you know, get a taste of what this is like? And uh, not not the worst thing, but uh, more often than not, he has pushed the right buttons. And the players are fully bought in. And I think that uh, yeah. supersedes everything at this point. But when you're, 
when you're contending for the title and you're under the microscope and there's not much to complain about all year, this is stuff that we're going to do here in the winning plays. And we have that's what we do. We, we nitpick do. about we and nitpick. we we come up with random trade ideas because that's all exactly. people care about. And uh, because people want to be angry about something, we 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 put Tatum's crunch time and Joe's decision making. Um, and uh, but I'm I'm proud of us because we didn't we didn't lump Jalen Brown because. I thought there was a lot of outrage on Twitter last night about those two free throws. And uh, there was also like 50 different instances where the Celtics could have won that game. If, yeah. No, I mean, you know, they missed like six shots before Jalen yeah. scored twice. In the, or so so shout out to, to the, to, to most people who did not lose their mind over free yeah. throws. Um, I, I, I will say I, I had a fair amount of people that were just as angry about Tatum missing. I think, I think he was over five in overtime. Um, so, uh, you know, it happens. All right, let's wrap up one question. Percent chance of a trade deadline deal since I'm not sure we're going to talk to you before the deadline Ooh. again. What 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 percent are you putting on it? I think it's high now. Like Ooh. I so I I've consistently said that this is the first year where I feel like they don't need to make a move and then I always temper that with you don't get to this point in the season. I keep saying the same line so I feel like I'm just a robot at this point, but you don't get to this point of the season, 50 games in, where you feel like you have a legitimate chance, where you maybe have the best chance in the NBA to win a title, and you just don't want to feel like you did last year, where you were one piece short. Where, and I understand that Brogdon now, but it just if I one just, guy gets hurt, then yeah, and it, it, it just complicates everything. And again, as much as I sit here and go, oh, they don't need a big. Well, you know, you can rewind this podcast and make fun of me when if if Rob has an injury or Val looks 36 for a change. Um, you know, so I just, I love the idea of insurance and there's certainly a balance you got to strike about overspending, but if, if you're going to overspend a little bit, while it's not great business, the, uh, sometimes the cost of being a championship team is being willing to splurge a little bit. And so I think Brad knows that. I think Brad understands, like, you just can't sit on your hands when you have these sort of opportunities. So It'll be perfectly fine if they elect to go and add through the buyout market. It'll be perfectly fine if they just marginally upgrade their team. But my my guess is they're they're looking around. Brad doesn't usually just tinker. I think you know we've seen tries to tries to make a move that really really impacts the team. So hope he finds it. I'd say I'd say eighty percent of the deal. Um, eighty eight oh yeah. I'm going eight oh. I thought I I gonna, that's what I didn't know. I thought it was gonna be high, but no, that's we're on the same page. Yeah, and then uh, and then, but like, what will it be? Really, like, it's just the with Brad, it's a mystery. It could be. I mean, they they could trade for a point guard, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> they, probably, they probably needed that. Um. Yeah. What about you? What, what your percentage? Yeah, is I think. High? Yeah, I think. Yeah, seventy-five, eighty percent. That's where I was going. I thought it was high, but I, I, I think you spelled it out like this is. You have a trade exception, that is going to go away. So you don't, you literally can get anything without having to take anything away from the the present. And that in itself is pretty much, I'd say an obligation deal because even upgrading Justin Jackson, um, I feel, I still think probably won't matter, but it could. And yeah. you have the open roster spot regardless of Justin Jackson. It just, it's the only way. And I just, I don't, I would be shocked if anyone on the, the buyout market really, pushes needle at all to the point where you're waiting for the buyout market. Like maybe mm-hmm. something, you know, comes through there, but 
it's there's not going to be a lot of teams that are in full tank mode at the end of the season based on the standings right now. So I don't think you can count on like a lot of guys shaking loose, you know, based off of that. Odds that Peyton Pritchard are on this roster after trade deadline. I'd say 80%. Woo. I'm a little, I'm a little bit more skeptical. I just think I'm going 50, 50. I think if, if 50, a deal material, yeah, I just think if, if like a deal materializes, you just don't have a lot of assets. Yeah. And I think Brad will have to consider it. And I think the other part of it is when healthy, there's just not a role for him. And I do think there's a very human side of Brad that says like, Hey, we want this guy to succeed, but it has to be, it, it, it can't it, like, it has to cut both ways. It has to be like, this has to improve the Celtics because you're not just getting rid of a guy who's been very good and has right. sort of taken Hauser's minutes, even though he's not the same player in uh, size. So yeah, I, uh, I'll put that, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit more hedging on that. I'll say, I'll say 50, 50, but it depends. Like if you can make the move without including him, obviously like right. Right. Yeah, so he's, a, he's a good player. Depends on the caliber of player you actually can get here. So that's well, time will tell where that goes. All right, Chris Furge, Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, Celtics Talk Podcast, Celtics Post Up, being post game live. <laughs> I just repeat the same things on every everything. Show, else, so. just everything. Yeah, <laughs> uh, check them all out. They'll be they'll be all over everything in the next couple weeks as we get up to the trade deadline here. And we'll be back with you guys. We'll probably ramp up a little. We'll see where the rumors go. Maybe do a couple podcasts next week Ooh. or the week after as uh, some leap opponents come to town and hopefully some, you know, the floodgates open around the league with some moves. But for now, let's get moving. Just, let's, go, yes, right. let's, get moving. let's go. Everyone's just holding Help our page holding views. Tight. Let's go. We need it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week.